Wow, 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 what a game. What's up, folks? This is your man, K. Mario, coming at you with another episode of the 310 Podcast. My goodness, my goodness. I just got done watching this Raptors Sixers Game 7. All I have to say is, wow, what an ending. Um, Kawhi Leonard <laughs> pretty much put the dagger in the hearts of the 76ers. Oh, my God, what a way to end it. Um, anyway, um, before, before I go on, um, let me just get something out the way. Uh, I just want to, uh, give a shout out to all the mothers out there. Uh, just want to wish you all a happy mother's day. Um, I hope you guys get everything you, that, that you deserve. Um, and to all the mothers, the stepmothers, the grandmothers, the foster mothers, this is your day. I hope you, hope you enjoy. And I want to give, uh, a uh, special shout out to my mother and my wife. Um, first to my mother. Uh, you already know how I feel about you, and you know, you know, I appreciate all the sacrifices, all the love, and uh, and the advice you've given me. Um, you've been there with me through the good and the bad. Um, there's no way I could, um, uh, I can say thank you for all that you've done for me, and just know that. I appreciate you. I love you. And I pray to God that you are enjoying your vacation down in Cabo. I love you, mom. And um, secondly, uh, to my wife, uh, man, man, oh, man, oh, man, boy, oh, boy. You know how I feel about you, girl. And and like I said to you um, yes, um, yesterday and in, in the past few days, um, this is definitely not how I envisioned our first or your first Mother's Day um, to be going uh, with our son being gone. But um, I just want to let you know that um, I'm so proud of your strength. Um, you've been strong through all throughout all this, even though you may not think so. Trust me, I, I see you and I pay attention and you've been strong. And you've handled this it's about as well as anybody could that can handle this. Um, I just want to let you know that I'm proud, so proud of your courage and your strength. Um, and to be honest with you, hey, we're going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate as if our son is still here. And like I said, I just want to let you know that I love you uh, with all my heart. And like I've always told you, um, we'll get through this together. So now I got that out the way. <laughs> this Raptors and Sixers series was well. This game seven was on point. And wait, before I start, let me let me play something. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna ro- run this soliloquy while this is on. <laughs> my man Kawhi. Oh my gosh, man. That was a hell of a way to end this series. I mean, first off, I me. Mean, the first five to six games were complete were a complete snooze fest because I mean literally it was pretty much blowouts and the home and the home team or home team dominating. But this game seven, um, this this was this is what I love about game sevens. It separates the good the good players from the great players, and wow! But this game that that just ended, honestly, I'll say it's pound for pound probably the best game of this year's playoffs. Um, well, aside, well, that that Portland Oklahoma City game is can pretty much rival it, but 
Um, Kawhi Leonard did his best Allen Houston impersonation. And for those who do not know what, uh, who Allen Houston is, just um, just YouTube Allen Houston game winner. And you'll pretty much kind of see what I'm talking about. It's, it's I'm not saying it's, it's better than Kawhi's, but I mean, the, the optics is kind of is kind of similar. But um, with that, man. What a way, I mean, the, the dude, Kawhi, this guy had 41 points in a game seven, and that was, I believe, the first ever walk-off game uh, game winner in a game seven. So with that, Toronto, they finally, finally exercised some demons and finally getting past, um, getting past um, a critical game, uh, like a game seven on their home court. So, I mean, hats off to them, I mean, because this game went back and forth, and literally both teams had a shot at winning this game. But, I mean, man, Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi went clutch mode. And, I mean, that's probably his the best game I've ever seen him play. And I've seen this dude play in the NBA Finals and pretty much lock up LeBron. Well, not say lock him up, but pretty much kind of held him, kind of held him respectfully. So, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I think, like, with, like, a performance like this, this definitely has elevated Kawhi. Um, Like I said, I mean, he's being thought of probably in that same class as LeBron and KD and has been mentioned as of late to Michael Jordan. And honestly, you know, and anybody who knows me, you guys know I'm probably probably the biggest, um, biggest Jordan fan. And, yeah, I could definitely see some similarities in his game. And, I mean, aside from, like, the high wire act, I mean, the dude is fundamentally sound. The dude has, has huge hands. The dude um, is, a def- is a defensive player and a defensive stopper. Um, this this guy has it all. And, man, if, if this guy stays in Toronto, I mean, man – They'll they'll be for they'll they'll be a lot better for it. So we'll see what happens with that. And so now, on to the 76ers. Oh man, I had to turn it off because that was kind of getting annoying. But on on to um the 76ers and uh, Philly fans, my Philly fans out there, the doink giveth and the doink taketh away. And for those who for those of you who don't know, I mean, I'm referring to the Eagles Bears playoff game from earlier this year when the uh, the Bears kicker. Kicked that ball, hit the goalpost twice, and bounced off. So it's just one of those things, man. It's the it's the the thickle bounce of the ball in sports, and man, that's why honestly, sports is honestly the greatest the greatest drama out there because I mean, this is real life. You really don't know what's gonna happen, and you get situations like this, and <laughs> that's insane. But on to the 76ers. Um, I know, like, the day started with um, rumors of Brett Brown's job possibly being on the line. And mm, I don't think he should be fired. And I'll, I'll give I'll give you that. I'll give you my reasons in a moment. But in terms of the players, you have two um, enigmas out there. And that's Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And, and the question the Sixers organization they have to ask is if these two players are the centerpieces to where you feel that you can build a championship squad around. I mean, with uh, with B, it's his health, um, and he's he's had some health, some 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 kind of health issues throughout this playoffs. Then also you have to worry about his knees and will those things flare up? 
And so with that, I mean, there, there's been there's been talk about his conditioning and definitely like trying to lose the weight to possibly take the pressure off those knees. So that's something that he may need to get into. Uh, he may need to work on this summer. And then you have Ben Simmons, who, <sighs> ladies and gentlemen, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I know I've harped um, over this the last possibly probably probably two to three weeks. And I mean, this guy is basically almost the same player he was when he came into the league. I mean, he hasn't developed um, an outside game. He really hasn't developed a, a go-to move. I mean, the kid is the kid is fantastic in the open in the open court, but in the set offense, I mean, he's pretty much useless because for one, he doesn't have a jump shot. At times, players do tend to play four on five against him, and the only time he really seems to attack is when the lane is completely wide open. And that right there is not going to get it done. And you can't win a championship that that way. I mean, he has to find some type of way to develop an offensive game. And honestly, I'm going to keep harping on it until it's actually done. Um, and so with that being said, some of this does kind of fall on uh, Brett Brown because, I mean, he hasn't – I mean – he hasn't challenged one Joe and B to kind of get his health and get his condition into order. Um, he hasn't challenged Ben Simmons. And this is just from my opinion. He just hasn't challenged Ben Simmons to develop more of an offensive game. Um, he hasn't, um, he hasn't put like the pressure on him. Like, Hey, you need to have your butt in the gym and develop more of a game or else you're pretty much useless to us. And so with that being said, I mean, they also they also have other issues coming up this summer, such as the contracts of Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, and I believe JJ Reddick's might be up as well. And so now my question is, do they bring these guys back and try one more time with them, or do they just kind of bite the bullet and maybe just bring one back and not the other? And if you do that, who are you going to bring back? Because Jimmy Butler, I mean. At times, it me, yeah. At throughout this series and out and 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 this this series and throughout the the regular season, he's shown that he has been that guy to to take the big shots. Him and MB and Jimmy. Honestly, I'll say that Jimmy has that dog in him. He has that tenacity, that pit bull, and that he doesn't take any BS from nobody. I love that, and you need that on a team like this, and. Everybody, everybody on the team needs a guy that's willing to get in somebody's face. And you guys remember what Jimmy Butler did to those kids in Minnesota. <laughs> and so, honestly, I mean, the lack of, um, and so with that, I mean, oh, and then also I forgot, you had Tobias Harris, who, like I said, I mean, his contract is expiring. He had a somewhat dismal playoff run. I mean, he had a. He, I know he had a game, a couple of games against the Nets, but for the most part, I mean, I mean, he really didn't show too much in um, in the Raptors series. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of questions that needs to be answered for the Sixers. And so, I mean, Ben Simmons' lack of assertiveness, Joel Embiid's health, and like I said, with um, Brett Brown. I mean, like and. <sighs> Like I said, do you bring this guy back? And, I mean, the man did go through this whole process. And pretty much I feel as though now he finally has a team that he that, that could contend. And really, if you really think about it, he really hasn't had 
his, this full, this team the full season because this team was in constant change trying to get um trying to get schemes down trying to get rotations down um so he really did really have like a full off season and full regular season to really develop his team so i mean i, I mean i really hope the the Sixers front office really kind of acknowledges that and kind of at least gives them one more go around with this unit. Now, if they end up in the same spot or somehow, some way they can't advance to the finals, then okay, it's, it might be time to definitely look into another direction or maybe get like another voice to kind of challenge these players because I mean, like a lot of like a lot of you guys know, I mean, hey, hearing the voice over and over again can definitely get stale real quick. So, I mean, like I said, I mean the Sixers, I mean they have more questions than answers coming in. And but I mean, man, the way they lost last night, honestly, I'll say this it definitely could be the best thing for them, especially for Embiid, because <laughs> you 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 saw in his face and you know how social media is. And I just five minutes after the game, you already started to see memes popping up and everything like that with Embiid crying, walking into the dressing room. And so, I mean, you could tell this hurt. This one hurt. Because, uh, like I said, the way that they lost, you saw in his face. And you saw Marcus all trying to console him after the loss. And this could, like I said, this could be the best thing for him. Because this could definitely light that fire in his in his, in his his gut to really come out next season. Going in, uh, in well, starting off in training camp preseason. Going into next season and thoroughly trying to go out and dominate. And... I mean, skip all the game playing, like the, the the games that he plays, like all the the, the flying around and and mocking everybody. Nah, man, this, this could definitely this, this could definitely help him grow even more. And honestly, I think if he can get his um, his conditioning and and his knees squared away, and he uses this to fuel him. Honestly, in my opinion, I, I really think that um, without a doubt, he can be an MVP type of cal- uh, an MV- MVP caliber player. But really, it's up to him and and how this thing motivates him. So, um, another team who has an um, MVP candidate this year is the Greek Freak Giannis. I, I cannot pronounce that boy's name. Antetokounmpo, and. Honestly, it's not really much to talk about with the, with the Bucks and Celtics series. I mean, the Celtics played like literally hot garbage after um after game one, and pretty much were easily taken out of here, uh, taken out of their misery by the Bucks. Um, and the Celtics, Celtics, I mean, like the Sixers, this is another team that has a lot of questions going into this off season. And honestly, I think Kyrie's on the, the next thing smoking out of Boston. Um, he, in my opinion, I think he's worn out his welcome and I think he's either, I mean, it's either the Nets, the Knicks, the Clippers and a distant fourth is possibly the Lakers. Um, man, but I will say this, if Kyrie leaves, I mean, I think the Celtics, they still have a nice nucleus that could definitely contend or at least contend for the division. Maybe the conference, if they can somehow use maybe one of those draft picks to, uh, to lure a big, uh, a big name player this summer. So, I mean, like I said, they got Tatum, they got Jalen Brown, 
They got and like I said, with Kyrie leaving, that pretty much put um if that pretty much pushes Terry Rozier back into the starting lineup, who pretty much helped them to the conference finals. Um, but like I say, I mean, I just think uh, with Kyrie and his injury history, and just the fact of the matter is, that, I mean, he really didn't mesh well with those young folk, uh, those young players. I mean, I mean, you can go back to when. He was he was throwing players under the bus and saying that oh I called LeBron and I apologize um, for what he was trying to do for me and I think that definitely rubbed a lot of the young players like I said like Tatum Brown and Rozier and company I think that definitely rubbed them the wrong way and that just kind of just made made it a toxic um, a toxic um, environment. Um, I, I, like last week, I already talked about like the Gordon Haywood situation or how that may have played a part in it. But like I said, I mean, Kyrie and his, um, like the, the way that he just kind of came across, I think definitely rubbed a lot of his players the wrong way. And you definitely seen it in their play, uh, come, um, this season. So now that we have, now that, um, both those, um, series in the East is over, we have the Raptors and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, we got the Greek Freak versus the Claw, and honestly, this is—I think this is a pick'em series. Uh, I think both—I uh, think both teams do have um, have ideal scoring ops, uh, top scoring options with uh, with Leonard and Giannis. Um, but I think I'll go with the Bucks um, in seven, just off just off the home court advantage. And I mean, but also, I mean, with that, I mean, I could also see the Raptors somehow pulling it out. But and, and man, this is this is a tough one. I mean, I like both these teams. Um, but like I said, I mean, I think like I said, I think the Bucks just do also due to the fact that um, Giannis does have a um, have a supporting cast that could definitely get um, that could take the pressure off, off of him, especially especially since they got Malcolm Brogdon back. Um, that, that just, that just adds another weapon to team with, um, with Giannis. Um, you have Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, um, you have Nicola, um, Nico Miritich. You I mean you have a, and also, oh, I forgot Chris Middleton. I mean, you have a squad that gives Giannis a chance to not only be Toronto, but possibly be maybe a Golden State because one, they play defense. They have multiple scoring options. So, I mean, like I said, and I will say one thing about the Raptors, though, is that, true, yeah, Kawhi had a dynamite series. But, I mean, to me, um, a few times throughout that series with the Sixers, I mean, Kawhi literally had to carry his squad. And against a team like Milwaukee, who has multiple players who can get you buckets, you can't you can't just really rely on one player. I mean, Siakam has to continue to to step up. You need some you need some timely uh, timely buckets by um, Ibaka, as well as um, as well as Gasol. Kyle Lowry can't dis uh, he can't pull Kyle Lowry moves and disappear. So with that being said, I mean, I got the Bucks advancing to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1974. Man, that's that's a long dog on time. So now onto the onto the best coast, the Wild Wild West, and a series I was so hyped about was Portland and Denver, and I told you guys 
Portland wins in seven, and that's exactly what happened. Um, but I will say that it's not because of Dame, even though he did hit a, a clutch three coming down the stretch. But C.J. McCollum, I mean, I've watched this, I've watched this young man developed over the years, and I'm so impressed with him. Um, this man balled the hell out in Game Seven, and matter of fact, just through this series, uh, just throughout this playoff. Um, the man, I mean, he's definitely has made a name for himself during, during this playoffs. I mean, man, especially man, that, that, that brawn like block, um, on Jamal Murray coming down the stretch. And he also hit that, um, he also knocked down that huge shot to kind of put, um, almost put the game away. So, I mean, this, um, this backcourt, um, and like I said the last week, um, they're definitely reminding me of that old Detroit Pistons backcourt of Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars because both players, I mean, they can they can initiate the offense as the point guard, and both players can um, can run off each other and play the two guard um, and and be the main scorer. Um, both are legal, lethal, and both have um, carried the team at one at at certain points throughout these playoffs. So I'm definitely happy I get to see Dame Dollar. And CJ going at it for one more series against the Dubs. Um, it's just, man, I just hate that they lost uh, Nurkic late in, late in the season. And But on to Denver. And I feel, in my opinion, um, I think they lost it just due to inexperience at this level of the playoffs. Um, I, do love, I do love their uh, young nucleus of uh, Jamal Murray, um, Jokic, and Gary Harris. But I just think, like it's, uh, like I said, I mean, I think at this point, at this time of year, I mean, mostly, most of the time, the team with the most experience, like Portland, they typically win games like this, and especially in the game sevens when hands get palms get kind of sweaty and, and your knees get kind of weak coming down the stretch. But looking at this game earlier, uh, Denver did, they blew it. They blew it. I mean, they had like a 16-point lead in the first half and they lost it. And earlier, um, like while watching the game, I mean, I did see, like I said, you saw Denver get out to a big lead. And usually what I would say in game sevens is that, I mean, Hey, if the road team, if they can survive that, maybe that, that first five, six minute onslaught and can at least kind of keep it relatively close, like at least until halftime and into the fourth quarter, the road team would definitely have a good shot at winning. And like I said, I mean, they got down 16. And I think they got it down to like nine at halftime. And then like as the game progressed, you started to see Portland kind of chip their way back into the game. And and lo and behold, they got the lead and they was able to finish off. So like I said, I mean, hats off to Portland and hats off hats off to Denver. And like I said, I mean, that, that young nucleus, they'll be back. They'll definitely be back. They just got to maybe add a couple pieces here and there. And I think maybe like in a couple of years, yeah, they'll definitely be challenging for the Western Conference title along with Portland. And so and now another team that blew it was those doggone Houston Rockets. Oh, my gosh. You know what? <laughs> the Rockets are back to being called clutch uh, from clutch, not clutch city, but they're back to being called choke city. Yes, I said it. they're back to being called choke city. And those for those who, who don't know, I mean, that. That name came from uh, the mid '90s, um, the mid '90s Houston uh, teams. I, I know, like I think, like '93, '94. I mean, 
You had some chokes by the Oilers who lost that big lead to Buffalo. And then the next year, losing to Kansas City. Um, you had the Astros who, who, who lost some big games. And then you had the Rockets who at times will choke. And then I know definitely at that time, um, they lost those um, a couple games to Phoenix at home to start the series. I mean, even though they were able to come back and win, but that was kind of like the name that was kind of thrown around Houston at that time is not clutch city, but it's choke city. So yeah. So right now, yeah, they got that name back choke city, <laughs> but man, ladies and gentlemen, let me, let me just set this up for you guys real quick. Let me, let me paint a pretty picture. So Houston does what they're supposed to do last weekend. And that was serve. Um, there was a whole serve at home by winning games three and four on their home court. Okay, they did what they're supposed to too. Good for them. So now they go up to Golden State. Appropriately, they get down. They get down by twenty, like twenty some points, which is like, all right, let's see what happens. And to their credit. They kind of they start chipping away, trying to get back into the game. Um, and mind you, this is in this is in Golden State, so I mean, hey, this is pretty good. Then the the domino that fell, Kevin Durant gets hurt. And real quick about KD and like when it happened, I swear to you, I swear to you, I had a that was that the look that KD gave was eerily similar. To the one Kobe Bryant had when he uh, popped his Achilles, like man, who kicked me? I mean, luckily enough, he was able to walk. He I mean he was able to walk off on, on his own power, but I mean, there was like a stretch where that crowd was silent, and I mean, everybody was concerned. I mean, you seen on social media, everybody saying Achilles, he's done, he's done. And luckily enough, I mean, the reports, I mean, he came back with a um, with a calf with a calf strain. And so, I mean, with that being the case, he got all really lucky because, I mean, we definitely know like like injuries like that and definitely how it looked initially. It could have been a lot worse. And so. So, like I said, I mean, Golden State, hey, they. They dodged a bullet with that one. But anyway, back to the game. Back to the game. So like I said, so Houston, they chip back, they they get back into the game. They actually take the lead in what and what I always what do I religiously talk about, especially when it comes to superstars and big games. When you have a team that's reeling, you got to put your boot on the proverbial neck of your opponent and choke them out. The Rockets had their chance. That was James Harden and CP3's time to finally choke off the Warriors. But they blew it. They blew it. Steph and, um, and really, and you saw Steph and Clay, like once KD came, uh, went out, they were like, all right, let's go. They, they really underestimated us. Let's do this. And you saw both those both those light skinned butter cookies. <laughs> they took and shout out to uh, to Baylor the Great for that for that one. But um, those light skinned butter cookies they took over that game and reminded the world why they're called the Splash Brothers. And 
with all that happening, I mean, like I said, I mean, with Katie going out, I mean, you would think Houston, like I said, they'll be, they had the opportunity, and in typical Houston fashion, they failed to take uh, take advantage of the opportunity. And I mean, like I read once that opportunity doesn't knock; it it presents itself, and the opportunity was there for the Rockets, and they completely failed. And so now with that, and let let me, let me complete this painting for you guys. So now, down 3-2, going home with your season on the line, you would think Houston, without KD in the lineup, would literally just blow the doors off the Warriors and smack smack them, and we go to Game 7. Nope. Houston needs to be ashamed of themselves because they, they were tied at the half with an opponent who didn't argue have their arguably the best, the second first to second best player in the league. Their two time MVP was held scoreless and it was tied at 57. Ladies and gentlemen, I was out with my wife and I didn't even see the game. I was just kind of following with the phone, uh, following just on my phone. And I happened to look at the phone and I saw the game was tied. Only thing I could say was Houston's in trouble, and and like I said, I me mean, you compound that with Steph being scoreless. You you gotta be kidding me! You can't make this stuff up, man. Houston, like I said, they should be ashamed ashamed of this. And then I mean, and then Steph Steph um busts, Steph breaks loose in the second half. The man exploded for thirty three points in the second half. 23 of those points coming in the fourth quarter, including that dagger in P.J. Tucker's eye to ice the game. And honestly, you know what, man? Steph Curry, and matter of fact, no, I'm sorry. Steph Curry did that in front and also did this in front of the Rockets bench, that same Rockets bench that clowned him after he missed that dunk in game three. And really, Steph Curry reminded the basketball world why he is the greatest shooter in NBA history. And you clowns who had the nerve to question his his greatness or if he still had it, you guys need to um, just to turn in your basketball card. Your, your basketball card is revoked. Yes, I said it. So now in terms of the words as a team, I mean, this is this was probably one of one of the great ever, efforts in playoff history. I mean, like I said, I mean, just considering the circumstances. I mean, look, you lose arguably the best player, second best player in the league. I mean, you have a depleted bench. I mean, majority of your 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 mainstays like um, like Iggy and Sean Livingston and and Bogut. I mean, they're not the players that they used to be. Even though, like, they're they can be effective from time to time, but they're not really reliable on a nightly basis. They'll give, like I said, they'll give you, they'll give you timely plays, but you can't really rely on that on a game to game basis. And to do that, like I said, minus KD doing it on the road against a desperate team who who was pretty much who pretty much came all came out and said that that hey, we want these dudes coming into the playoffs. Because like a lot of people in the media and a lot of the Rocket players who said after last year, if oh, if we had CP3 in Game 7, we would have won that series. Well, 
you guys had your opportunities to win that series. And you guys choked. And really, this game, game six, well, matter of fact, yeah, the tail end of game five and game six, those were defining moments for CP3 and James Harden. And now the front office has to think long and hard that if this nucleus as a whole can be the one that can bring you a championship. And you also have to question, is Mike D'Antoni's system the right system that's equipped to win a title? Because, I mean, you think about it. He's had Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Merritt, and the crew in Phoenix. Uh, now along with James Harden, CP3, and also, and also forgot, he had Kobe and Dwight in L.A. And they didn't do nothing. I mean... I mean, is this is this system really equipped to do it in the playoffs? Because I mean, when you get into the these tight playoff games, when when the defense locks in and teams have a chance to scout you for like two weeks and get accustomed to your sets, I mean, Mike Dan, I mean Mike D'Antoni's system isn't really equipped to to succeed at this level. I mean, the hero ball that James Harden plays. I don't think it's enough. I really don't think so. And I mean, James Harden is CP3. I mean, they're 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 starting they're 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 in that like that Peyton Manning conversation, like like he had early in the year. He would like Peyton Manning. He would throw like for these record-setting numbers during the regular season, and all these touchdowns, like 30, 40, 50 touchdown passes. But when the playoffs um, when the playoffs um, arrived, he shrunk in was was eliminated by the better team. And that's pretty much how it is. I mean, like this this past season, the last few seasons, James Harden has had monster regular seasons, putting up outstanding um, astronomical numbers. But in the playoffs, I mean, you didn't see, you barely seen anything like that. I mean, you saw it in games three and four where he threw out some 40-point games. But, I mean, you don't really you don't see James really carrying his team as he should as uh, like he does during the regular season. And that kind of, and like I said, you know, about game sevens and playoff series like this, this separates the greats and the legends from the very good players. And right now, I mean, CP three, James Harden, I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll ever be able to live this down. So now uh, we have the Western Conference Finals between Portland and Golden State. And now this might be a tall order for Portland. I mean, even though hey, I love the heart that, they, that they've played with um, throughout these playoffs. Um, now, um, like I said, I mean, it really depends on a lot, especially KD's injury. I mean, they're saying that they're um, – I mean, I'm pretty sure like they're going to um, evaluate him um, this week to see maybe if he can maybe – play maybe game three or four maybe in Portland and if he isn't able to go the first two games which I highly doubt I mean Portland they have an excellent opportunity to steal one of these first two games um I know the Warriors they uh they should be getting uh, Boogie Cousins back pretty soon and which is like um, it's very interesting because I, I definitely want to see how the Warriors play with Steph possibly with, uh, with Steph Clay and possibly Boogie because this might be the Warriors going forward 
especially if KD doesn't come back. So I'm definitely interested to see how they play with Boogie instead of KD in the lineup. And so right now, I mean, until Boogie gets gets back, I mean, really Golden State's kind of playing with a depleted roster. And like I said, I mean, they'll have an excellent, Portland will have an excellent shot at winning these first two games. But with this series right now, man, like I said, a lot of this really depends on these injuries. But I mean, I got Portland in. Ugh. I got Portland in six. I mean, like I said, I me mean, if, if if Nurkic was playing. I mean, not. I'm sorry, not Portland in six. I mean, like I said, Golden State in six. Um, if 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 Nurkic was playing, I would probably. Ah, uh, man, I would probably say maybe this will maybe a seven game series. Um, but right now, right now, man, these injuries are definitely. These injuries are, are definitely a key to this series because, like I said, I mean, there's no Boogie, there's no KD as of yet. And so if KD doesn't play at all, Portland has an excellent shot at winning this series. So, and even with the KD, uh, a 70% KD, uh, I'll just go over to say Portland in six. I'm sorry, I'm going to say in six. So, uh, I know a few moments ago I was talk, um, I was speaking about the Rockets coming up short. Um, another team that has been coming up short who isn't even in the playoffs is the LA Lakers. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I, I know a lot of you guys have seen that little bootleg, um, that bootleg rally that they, um, that, that fans tried to have outside the Staples center. And ooh, that has Jeannie bus shaking in her boots. Now I'm pretty sure she's going to sell the team. Man, if y'all, man, if these fans don't sit down and get a damn job, Oh my goodness, my goodness gracious! Just sit back and just kind of just take it, man. I mean, yeah, I know you guys like the you guys are Laker fans. You guys feel entitled to to have a contender. You're not entitled to nothing. So really, just sit down and just take your lumps and ride through it. So anyway, I see that they've hired Frank Vogel to be their head coach, and honestly, mm, I will say this. Frank Vogel, I mean, he tra- he helped transform that Indiana squad um, into a contender. I mean, they had a couple chances to make the finals, but they kept running to LeBron in um, in Miami. Um, I know Frank Vogel; um, he definitely stresses defense. So the Lakers, I will say, that they should be better on defense. Um, I know LeBron. I mean, I know he definitely got questioned a lot by his defense. Um, but I mean, you know, I mean, due to his age, I mean. It's definitely going to be – there's definitely going to be time where he is going to uh, maybe take – maybe kind of use defense to kind of uh, rest, especially if he has to carry the offense. So with that being said, um, do I like the move? Mm, not really. Honestly, I just figure – I mean, I think really what Frank Vogel is, I, mean, I think he's just a bridge to kind of get them to the next regime, which is, I believe, which is Jason Kidd. And – and plus, on top of that, I mean, he took less years than Tyron Lue was offered. He took less money than what Tyron Lue was offered. And the only caveat is that the Lakers had to hire his coaching staff, which I think looking at looking from Frank Vogel's point of view, I think this is one of the things where he just like, look, he's trying to get back on the NBA scene. I mean, hey, I mean, he's getting paid. And he he kind of wants to kind of maybe use the Lakers and possibly a showcase 
to kind of parlay that into another job. Which I mean, like I said, I'm not mad at him for it. Hey, take take the money, take the opportunity to coast, um, to coach uh probably one of the greatest players in the game, LeBron, and maybe try to help maybe develop some of these players. But at the end of the day, I think the job will eventually be Jason Kidd's job. I think sooner rather than later, it'll be Jason Kidd's job because I mean, for one, Jason Kidd around the league, I mean, he definitely does have the reputation of developing young players. So I mean, that's definitely a solid move by that now I'm not um and you saw how Jason Kidd was when I me mean, when he coached Milwaukee and me he co he coached Giannis and you see what Giannis is today. And so with that, um I know that definitely will definitely raise some eyebrows for the Lakers brass and definitely seeing like the young players like Kuzma, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo. And so they're really hoping that he can develop them, especially Lonzo. And because pretty much he's kind of he's kind of in the mode of Jason Kidd when Jay, when when he first uh, came into the league. I mean, as you guys remember, he used to be called Asin Kid because he was missing the J for jumper. So, I mean, I think this may be a good move for Lonzo. Um, I know LeBron. I know for LeBron, I, I know LeBron, he definitely respects coaches who were once players and he can kind of like he kind of gravitates to that and so I think that I mean and then on top of that I mean you're getting a player who oddly enough beat LeBron in the finals and who has a pre- who has a presence with him so I think I think this should I think this is a good um a good fit especially going like I said after Frank Vogel ultimately is is no longer head coach I think I think JQ will definitely be good for for the Lakers, especially like I said for the young for the young um the young guns. Now just with them is that if they're able to land um a marquee free agent through maybe one of these free agents, um maybe they can maybe find uh maybe find a way to maybe trade for AD and honestly the quickest way to that is through the draft. And if the Lakers somehow can get the number one pick. I believe they can kind of they they'll have like a big bargaining chip, and I know like the Pelicans they get they have David Griffin, um, the former GM of the Cavs, running the show down there. So um, maybe they can maybe package the number one pick, which is Zion, for uh, maybe a Kuz, uh, maybe a Kuzma, maybe an Ingram, or maybe Alonzo Ball, and not maybe not all three, but or maybe like another draft pick, and maybe get. Um, Zion to New Orleans and get AD to LA to team with Bron and maybe trying to find a way to maybe get one more maybe uh, a level two free agent and maybe try to contend that way. So I mean, it's definitely it's definitely interesting times that's going to take place. I know the draft lottery is on is on Tuesday, and I mean, I know that the league probably wants Zion either to go to New York. Or L.A., but doggone it, I'm not going to lie. I want his buddy in Chicago as a Bulls fan. Yes, I'm being biased, but I don't care. I need I need Zion in Chicago because, I mean, we haven't had a legitimate star since D. Rose and an actual an actual and probably a Skywalker since Mike, uh, to, to don the Bulls uniform since Mike. So, I mean, I'm definitely hoping that somehow the ping pong ball can hit can, uh, hit Chicago's way. We get the number one pick, but 
hey, I mean, let, let's see where the let's see where let's see where the cards lay on Tuesday and see what happens with this lottery. So with that being said, folks, that brings us uh, to a close of uh, with another episode of the 310 podcast. Thank you all for uh, for tuning in. Hey, I really appreciate you guys. Hey, um, if you guys want to uh, interact with the show, you can hit me up at the 310 podcast at gmail.com. You can hey, let me know. Hey, let me know what you guys think about these playoff series. Let me know what you guys think. Um, who's going to win it all? What do you guys think of, of the draft lottery? I mean, hey, just let me know what you guys think. Um, the email just um, it'll be it'll be in the show notes. Um, and also, hey, if you can uh, take a moment, uh, rate the show. Hey, give me a grade. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, write a review. Rate the show. Hey, hey, believe it or not, hey, those um those reviews and um and the and 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 those ratings they definitely help the show out a lot. So hey, like I say, hey, I appreciate you guys for tuning in, listening. I'm your man K Mart. I'll catch up with y'all later. Peace.